We are really excited to introduce our new podcast to you, From Uniforms to Unicorns. We're your hosts, Lauren and Sharon. Two friends, moms, business owners who happen to be in prison. Grab a coffee, head out on your walk, or just take a break. Morning, Sharon. Morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Do you got the timer ready? I got it going. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Oh, geez. Let's think of time. What are we going for today? 45-ish? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, So Sharon and I were just trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today. And one of the things that continuously gets asked of Sharon and myself is, how did you get out? Why did you get out? Why why are you not a corrections officer anymore? Obviously, we both... um, I would have been in for 16 years if I would have stayed right now, and you would have been in for, like, what, 18 years? 18, yeah, which is crazy, right? Which is crazy. And, I mean, when you first start out, I think you look at 25 years as, like, oh, I remember I was 22, so I thought I'm going <laughs> to retire when I'm 47 years old. Like, that's a bonus. That's a big that, deal. To- totally. And, yeah, I do get asked a lot, especially – I find like our, our older generation, right? They will say, it's a government job. Like, how could you leave a government job? The, the money, the stability, the government, you have to yeah. work for them, right? And yeah, it's, it's so different for like our generation, right? It's yes. just, yeah. So the- for you, like, why did you leave? Ah, well... I could, I could feel myself losing myself more, most importantly. Um, I had a really good year off when I had my first son, I was starting to like feel better. Like I was sort of in like, I was like as messed up as this sound, I was sleeping good, right? Like with the baby, I was sleeping better than I had um, before. Um, I was doing activities. I was you know, hanging out with my husband, not just like, it's, you know, like I have to do this and you have to do this and this, like, it was just very, it was a very different life. And I, so when I went back, I thought for sure I can handle this. This is going to be easy. I got this. And when I went back, all those things that I had struggled with before, like within with driving into the institution, I felt it. So I think it's, yeah, like the tension and the headache and the jaw clenching and the, like, that excited, like, excited, but like, ready to fight, right? Yeah, that, that <laughs> it constant, instantly comes back, yeah. Yeah, like, even, I remember walking, I remember it happening in the parking lot and just like talking to myself, be positive, Lauren, you've done so much work. And I just remember walking through, hearing the gate click and thinking, okay, you've got this, you've got this. And I don't remember who it was or who someone said something in the briefing room. And I was just like, how the fuck do you stay positive here? Like, how do you do it? You, it's a lot of energy and a lot of, and, and you can be positive all you want, but when the people are around you are negative, 
it's what's tough. the point what's the it, point really? it is hard because there's a there's a lot of uh negativity in that career like staff inmate mm-hmm. like all of it so it is it's hard to stay above it and so you that's the hardest part i think is to mm-hmm. try to be this little ray of sunshine in a place like that you just get eaten alive almost yes you don't feel you feel like you're like that black sheep in the middle of the pack going like, let's be happy. And they're like, are you, what the fuck are you happy about? Right? Like there's, and it's true. It's, it's like, what is there to be happy about while you're here? Like, okay, maybe we're going to do a potluck today and yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe someone or, brought cupcakes. Like, yeah. hey, but, or somebody brought me in a coffee or yeah. Or uh-huh. like, or you're just waiting because you know if I do this shift and the next shift then I've got enough money saved Mm -hmm, for my mm -hmm. next trip and my next this everything was like the next day's off the next trip it was never about about like what is happening in my life right now it was always that like what if what's coming what's next yeah no presence right and I I fought hard when I went back after having Madden and I just kind of, I, at that point I kind of gave up and thought, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to have one more baby and then mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> and yeah. then I'm out of here. Like that is the, and I know people that say that, that don't actually do it. But I remember leaving when I was pregnant with Reese and one of the managers saying to me, see you in a year. And I'm like, I won't be back. And they were like, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Yeah. And I, and I mean, yeah, they, they had me. Um, when you go on mat leave, you are paid full pay. So you owe that money back, right? So I was full paid with Madden. I think it takes about two years to pay back that pay top back. Up. Yeah. Plus, you're, it's pensionable time if I chose to go back and give them a year of service. But I decided to let go of all of it and just and it was like I was throwing up as the the pension lady on the phone was telling me this is how much money you're going to get if you go back for a year but this is how much money you're going to get if you don't and people would just say to me like are you kidding that's like an extra (laughs) it it was a three-figure number and and you're not going to go back and I'm like I I don't think that my sanity I don't think my family my husband's a police officer so you try and navigate two babies shift work two shift workers two shift workers yeah not a ton of help an hour and a half commute like yeah there you can't do it at an hour and a half back so like a 12 hour shift is now a 15 16 hour shift every day plus my husband works shift work it was just like no we're good we we have to decide that you know I've I have enough life experience to do something else outside of this, right? Like there's gotta be something. And it was, it was a big, hard decision. So I know mine was harder than yours. Yours was you, you, but you were there. Go tell us. So I was, I was there before, like, so uh, we talked about it before, like my daughter had a seizure. So she was six. So I had already moved here and I was at Bowdoin. But before that ever happened, I was feeling that pull like that yearning to do something else I can't keep this up on my Mm -hmm. physical self on my mind on my life too so part of uh, the transfer was trying something else to see if I could give my career more time and I remember there was two people that 
left at the 10 year mark and they were like 10 years that's when you get out that's the golden number so it's like that was always in the back of my head but the financial pull like was like well what can i do for this amount of money and at that point we had those like a week off every five weeks or something Mm. so I was like I've got some freedom but so I I sort of had one foot dangling in and one saying to myself I gotta figure out a way to get out of here right I need out but I didn't know if I wanted parole or I just wanted out and then of course like she has the seizure and then I just want out like completely out and I took um what was it called again? Leave with income averaging. Is that mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Get a chunk of time off to decide. But I knew like in that moment that I was running to get out of the jail that I was done. Cause I, I'd actually taken everything with me that was there. So I, I somehow knew that it was over for me. That career was done for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And getting her well again, like was more important and then getting myself there. And she, Summer is so communicative, right? So if I missed something, she was right there to say, oh, I want you to come to dance and blah, 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 blah. So it was good because I I knew it was time, but it's like I I looked for signs, right? And mm-hmm. this, this one was huge. Mm-hmm. And the signs that we look for are usually like, if you're paying attention, you're usually getting something. And like you and I have talked about this before, mm-hmm. um, like, we we got into corrections to help people that's totally literally what we thought that job was going to be um Mm -hmm. whether it was like case management or whatever and we did do a portion of that but i mean i did not i guess not understanding the job that i was going to do um was a little bit helpful to being like okay i went in i was brave I finished the training. I did this job. Now I can say I did it and I need to move on. But part of it was like, does that make you weak? Does that make you, what are people going to think? What, you know, like you, you have all these things in your head. And then at the end of the day, it was like, who the fuck cares what they do? Like, honestly. Yeah. And who are they? (laughs) Who are they? Right. So that it is, it's hard though, because you're leaving behind your family like your people Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. think um yeah so it it was tough to leave like Edmonton to leave the people there a lot of people were going or gone already but yeah it was really hard to leave uh, like after you've worked with them for so long and they become a part of your life and then when I was at Bowdoin I met really good people so to also just leave them and I there was no goodbye like there's still some people that I I quite enjoyed like uh, a couple guys came in from drum and there's another guy that came from out east like they were my buddies right they they were protectors and I never even got to say see you later you guys thanks and yeah. so it's just like you do the job and then you're done and yeah and I remember I had all these uniforms to get rid of and I had my handcuffs oops oops and- I had my handcuffs <laughs> <laughs> Oops! <laughs> I actually I had... asked my husband the other day because I love navy. I love almost everything I buy is navy. I love yeah. the color of navy. So I said, "Do you think you could just take the patches off that big, huge winter coat?" Yeah. <laughs> <I had> like... <laughs> so that and we went through like all my uniforms right when COVID hit and started like yeah. cutting off patches. My husband found like a Mars bar 
in my coat pocket. I was like, what? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like all my old IDs, like things like, like it's always fun to go through. To go uh, through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, I should try on these pants. And then I'm like, never mind. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> I'm not going to try on the pants and feel bad about my life. <laughs> that was one of the other things, too. I was like, I'll never get back in those pants. I'm going to have to order new pants. Everyone's yeah. going to know that my pants don't fit after having two babies, which, like, seriously, who gives a shit? Who like, cares now, right? But then, yeah, I, I did the same, too. I took all my – well, the pants are just plain blue, so just donated those but taking all the patches off and yeah having a small little fire ceremony and (laughs) (laughs) and the big park as I had I I donated them like we there was like a homeless uh uh he was a preacher he was in behind where my mom had a a shop or salon and I took all the patches off and I'm like this is a three-in-one and I gave it to him he's like oh this is awesome right oh I have mine I go sliding in that bad boy well they're awesome (laughs) they are yeah well and uh all of that stuff like I remember even like our badges like I remember taking trips with there's a couple officers we we went to San Francisco together and you'd flash the badge and get through the line a bit quicker right it was it was fun like it was yeah and now like it I still have I will I'll never get rid of that I no, love me it. neither <laughs> I posted a thing on Instagram actually not too long ago I found my badge from when I worked at Lethbridge Correctional Center as like a oh, psych wow. student and it's just like this piece of laminated crap that anybody could make and get into a prison nowadays with. I was like, holy, that was like so not up to date in the time frame. But yeah, so totally. I, I left um, because there was just too many factors for me to say this is a good idea to go back. Yeah. And then um, I had the year off. So I left with uh, my youngest son of three. So I left with him in August 2012. I had him in September and I remember in January just like being antsy about like, what am I going to do? How do I make this decision? Like, am I going to go back? And my husband was really good at being like, are you kid- Like, are you even talking about going back? Why? Like there's things to do here. You know, um, I had sent an email asking to be on that spousal relocation. So there was, yeah, because I lived far from the institution now. Um, and like, that's a waste of time. Honestly, there's, there's nothing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I did do that. I took my five years care and nurturing thinking, you know, when the kids are older, maybe I'll contemplate it. Um, doing Monday to Friday or a part-time or whatever. Um, but yeah, after, after that, like, I think it was about February, I decided not to do it. And one of the guys that we worked with, um, had started, or bought a retail company. And I remember thinking, wow, that's cool. I wonder, I wonder if they want me to come work for them. That's what I thought. (laughs) I could do that. I should, I could work for them. And then we had a conversation and he's like, why don't you do it in cameras? And I'm like, why don't I do like, I remember taking this idea to my husband and him going like, what do you even know anything about starting a business like, <laughs> have you ever even worked in retail before I was like I worked at Sears portrait studio <laughs> for, for Christmas which is just almost the same as 
managing inmates when you have parents in there looking for Christmas photos with their three children under the age of three. Um, and you're trying to match. I'm just like, oh, this is kind of the same thing. But um, I had no idea what I was doing. And I yeah. went, like, I paid this company, which don't ever do this. I found it online and it was like, how do you start a business? And they were like, oh, if you pay, we'll give you all these resources. And it was so silly because all of those resources I could have found by myself just by like entering a different Google search. But <laughs> I ended up paying and whatever. So I got, um, I got like a business coach through the Alberta government. And they just kind of helped me look at the numbers and is this viable? And I almost backed out, I want to say, a thousand times. Yeah. And my husband just said, pick a date, decide if you're doing it or if you're not doing it, and then let's go from there. So that's good. Yeah. August 17th was the date. He said, you're either doing it or you're not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And we started, I had a guy come in, I found a place to rent out. It was a brick and mortar retail store. And uh, oh my gosh, I loved it. It was so fun. It was yeah. like, it, and it just kept me busy enough. Um, but I had two babies and a shift work husband, right? So like it was, it was busy. Like it was a busy, busy, busy time, but it was super fun. I would, I would do it all over again. I learned so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did that, which so many things. I remember we were sitting on the floor in the store like two days before it opened. And I literally thought I was going to run the store all by myself. And someone said to me, this is like the Saturday, like the Thursday before opening day on Saturday. And then somebody says, oh, you know, next weekend's Black Friday, right? Oh, God. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) First of all, I don't have enough stuff in here. Second of all, (laughs) who here wants to work? (laughs) Right? Like, that's I'm hiring. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hiring as of now. Everybody, anybody. And honestly, the girls that were in there helping me, like I hired them and we went from there. Like I honestly had no idea what I was doing. It, it was just like this passion behind like doing something other than corrections. But the, my motto when I went in, so of course I'm, I'm the owner, I'm the manager. So I have to lead people, right? Which is not something I've done um, a ton of, I mean a little bit. But I remember taking the skills like from the interviewing process, you know, when we'd sit down like part B stuff, interviewing inmates and asking questions yeah. and digging. I was like, okay, that'll be part of like my interview stuff when I inter- <laughs> like just taking all the skills that I'd had and turn and I remember thinking, I'm I'm gonna treat these people better than I was treated. I'm gonna treat them better. And yeah. um And that's big, right? Yeah, it was big. It was Um, not that I had been treated like super, super bad. I had some harassment stuff that happened with a manager. I just had like, you know, I want these people to feel like they can come to me anytime they need to. And I didn't feel like that at the institution with all, all managers. Um, some I did, but I felt always felt like everything was hidden. I was trying to hide stuff. I was trying to not make conversation in case I said the wrong thing or I get Mm -hmm. in trouble for this or someone would find out this or oh I have to call in sick next weekend because I don't have a babysitter and I don't want them to know I'm actually not like things like that like I always said to my staff if you have something going on in your life please just tell me yeah be up front like I was very 
I created this open and honest and really cool relationship with the people that worked for me. And I loved it. I loved that. That was probably the biggest thing was like, that's so good though. Right. Yeah. It's so different, right. To feel so different, to feel valued. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted them to feel like we, every month we'd have a staff meeting and um, we would sit down and talk about like what's going on in our, it wasn't always about the store. It was like the store can't run if your people can't run. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's the one thing I learned. You cannot run a business if your people are struggling uh, totally. and you cannot run an institution if your people are struggling. Right. I so know. Yeah. I just kept saying like, I need to know what's going on. And sometimes I was like, wow, that's more information than I needed. But I always <laughs> took it and said like, thank you for trusting me with this stuff. And Um, it was, it was incredible until I decided one day, like, I don't really love doing this anymore. Like, (laughs) and it's so crazy because you get on this like big thing about purpose and passion and all of these things. And my person, my passion has always been to like help women, um, Mm -hmm. with like troubled times to navigate hard things. Um, and there I was selling activewear. like I was doing it well with my staff I was a major part of our community like I loved all of those things but I feel like I the contribution was like not what I wanted not what I wanted yeah 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 so I closed it and and then I got cancer which the cancer was really like Lauren come on yeah right like yeah there's more to life right yeah, you don't love this. Why are you hanging on to it? There was lots of things that that perspective changed, right? And I, it took me another year and a bit to close it, but I did it strategically so that I exited this community. I honored the people who supported me. I made sure that everybody had the opportunity to like use gift cards. And like, I was really integral in that process mm-hmm. in making sure that, um, I honored what I said I was going to do and that people felt like, you know, they had jobs till a certain day, they, whatever, like all of that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so that, that fell apart. Well, it closed, uh, March 30th, 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So not that long ago. No, it is. It is crazy. Like when I, let like when I was before I was leaving my mom was always like didn't like corrections and what I did like just and she didn't even really know the stories but she said well why don't you she she's owned her own business like my whole life and so she was like why don't you try this try this try this so before anything ever happened with summer I I did take like a training and I went um uh, to her business and tried uh, laser hair removal and that sort of thing, which is so different. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like a black and white, right? Like yeah, it's, just it's like... so it's the polar opposite. And I remember I was thinking, well, I can do this, but uh, like the parts I like about it, it's like running the business and running the social media and doing the advertising and that stuff. So, like after her seizure, I basically went and started work like trying to work and seeing and then I I decided yeah I I could do this like it's not um how do I say this it's not hard on your mental Mm -hmm. health it's not hard on your physical health it's Mm -hmm. not 
uh, it's it's basically you have a client and you get in and talk to the client and see what they need. So in that regard, like it's it's good because it's not all of these things that I still have the freedom, right, to be there mm-hmm. for my daughter and the I don't know what you call it. Like the, the my quality of life is like yes. way, way better. So now uh, when I first started there, we were in a bigger location and it was my mom and then two, I think other people. So eventually it's just now it's just her and I, so mm-hmm. it's, it's so much better that way. And it's, it's quite fun because we can just bounce ideas off each other. And what do you think about this? And, all that stuff. So when we're in a, a nicer location and it's, it's good. And it's, again, I feel uh, needed and appreciated and all of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember it taking me a long time, like after I left the jail to like, you know, wash the jail off of you. Right. You've got <laughs> like this, I was sleeping better. I was eating better. I was incorporating exercise and then starting there, she was just like, you've got to tone it down, right? Because I was mm-hmm. so like, what do you want? What do you need? Blah, blah, blah. And now it's it's developing rapport with a different group of people, right? right. So it's just talking. Building relationships now. in a different way, right? In like a different way. about like building rapport with the inmates. And it was like, yeah, fuck, I'm not giving you a cigarette. I know, or like, you're an idiot. Yeah, don't be stupid. You can't, yeah, that's just stupid. And oh, what's that look like for you now? Or I remember you were talking about like taking time off for a year, and you know, your keeper is like, you'll be back. But I remember inmates leaving on day parole, (laughs) and I'd say the same thing see you next weekend. (laughs) And they're like, back you, I won't be back. And it's like, you know, here, here you are back. <laughs> Told you so, right? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah. Watching them walk out the back door, their yeah. front door with their just, yeah. See ya. See you in a yeah. few weeks. <laughs> and we always got the email like a couple days before they came back. So you could yeah. prepare and possibly take an overtime shift to be like, I want to be here when she comes in. <laughs> Oh, oh, hi. <laughs> what happened? I know, so surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with that type of shit, though. Totally. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now, how do you feel like you've been out for how long? Four years? No, Five? Sharon, eight. Eight years? <laughs> well, no, nine. Really? Yeah, re- no, eight. Yeah, 2012 I left. Yeah, eight years. Wow. I know. I've done a lot of work in eight, a lot of personal work in eight years. Like you and I, I've told uh, this before I attended that weekend to try and work on the business, the retail business, and ended up leaving going, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I'm totally, I was in such a different, like very distracted, very avoidant, very like just not paying attention to my life at all. And then, um, so I closed the business in 2018, but prior to that, I had decided that I wanted to teach Transformation Weekend. I, um, I trained with Erin Sky Kelly. She's a good friend of mine now. And she taught me how to be a coach. She taught me how to be a life, uh, a life coach, which 
if you have worked in corrections, you already have the skills to be a life coach uh, on a very high level um, because you do that at work. And that was, it was so interesting to me because when I said to Erin, like, what kind of coaching do I have to take? And she's like, no, you already have it in you. And I was like, I don't have any of this. And she's like, you have interview skills, you have this, you're, you know how to build relationships. You've worked through this stuff yourself. Like, I, I think that you're not giving yourself enough credit, which it took a while to give myself that credit, but it, it, I did. Um, and then, so I worked with her for a year, learned how to like speak on stages, which was super scary, but like super, yeah. almost like getting in a fight at a jail scary. Like people are like, <laughs> how scared are you? I'm like, well, I pretty sure I'm not going to die. So I'm not as scared as I was at the jail sometimes, but I'm like, but like speaking, like, I'm sure people would rather be in a fight in a prison than speak on stage. It's like the number one fear. I've even told you before when you've asked me uh, to write stuff before I'm like I'll write every day like for the rest of my life but I'll hand it off to somebody else because I can't stand in front of people I commend you for it I can't do that like it's not I would be shaking like yeah when you write the first couple times but then after that I and see here here's the thing for me I don't love getting up talking about my story I love to teach I love yeah. to instruct I love to give people tools. I love to talk about like coping and strategies. So that is like my passion. I can get up and talk for hours about that. So I think that's where I find like, if I'm get up and tell my story, I'm nervous. But if I get up to teach, I'm totally not like I can do that with my eyes closed and my mouth taped together and my hands tied behind my back. But, (laughs) um, but I mean there, so I trained with her and then, um, I got asked to go and do, so I taught transformation weekend uh, for a couple of years, I still teach it, teach it, still love it. I love like every time people come out of that, just the things that they gain is like unbelievable. But then I got asked to go and work with Tony Robbins when he, um, went across Canada. So, uh, the company's called power, uh, power of success. And so we did the Rachel Hollis, Molly Bloom, uh, Gary John Bishop. Like it was like super fun. And I thrived at that job. Like I, oh, nice. like people are like, how are you so good at this? And like breaking up fights over chairs. And like, I remember the one day, so we have, um, we have investors with, um, with this company and I had to get a, a couch into Tony's green room. And I didn't know who the investors were. I knew like nothing. It's like the day of the event, I'm getting it backstage. I need help. And, um, this guy is always backstage. I don't know what he's doing. So I'm like, Hey, you, I need help carrying a couch. And he's like, these shoes are $24,000. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll find a real man to help me. And he was like, what, (laughs) what did you just say? And I'm like, it's okay. I'll find, I'll find a dude to help me. You worry about your shoes. So he ended up helping me, but I was just like, I just have that ability or like, I can build a relationship with someone pretty quickly. And yeah. I think that's what I learned at the prison and people like, they would say to me, how are you so good at this? I'm like, I used to be a prison guard. You guys, like I thrive in stressful situations. I'm yeah. able to get shit done really quick and I'm able to recruit other people to help me. With it. Like I'm just, so 
yeah, so I got to be the volunteer coordinator. I got to be the main room manager. I got to do like a ton of fun there. It was stressful. Like, but I knew that at the end of those two days, it yeah. was like, oh, we're going to relax. We're going to hang out. We're gonna, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it'll all be over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I was pretty, I feel pretty lucky to have done that job. It, it was really fun. And then, um, yeah, I just, I took Tony, the life coaching, strategic intervention coaching through them. And I just started coaching people to like start business. I coach people to oh, do that's, Yeah. That's good. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're right. I remember like at the jail I used to do like some of the fire training too. And yeah. it's just, it's so funny because it's like you and I, like we, we kind of like instantly connected, but in that fire training, like you were so, um, <laughs> good at it and like that's one of the things like that I I I don't have like a ton of fears but that was one thing I hated putting that mask over my yeah over my face and Lauren you always just had the ability to just talk me you're okay like you got this like in this little (laughs) voice that I was like how stupid am I being right now right I could basically I remember you like it's this I can't breathe yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you have to like connect the hose before you release the tank because or else if you release the tank first and all this air comes floating out so Sharon's like I want to release the tank first I'm like no 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 just put it in take it breathe in and then release the tank and every time she'd be like yeah you're like you can breathe like you're okay every time and it's like I could do anything like as a prison guard like anything and it was just that one thing I just couldn't yeah whatever did Sharon, get it did together. Sharon pass yes because I don't want to fucking deal with her again. <laughs> exactly you're like you're done two years <laughs> see you in two years dummy right uh but but if there's a fire don't we don't want her we don't want her <laughs> But it's like any other time, like I had to put those, any masks on in an actual incident, I was completely fine. It was just there, like when you're first step this, second step Mm -hmm. this, but like in the actual like stuff, I remember just grabbing it, donning it and going, right? Yeah, because it's a memory, right? You have to do it enough so that you remember. It is a memory. I could could throw it on right now and I I could do it. I totally could do it. It, It'd be crazy. And that that's one of the things that kept me at the prison longer than, than probably I would have stayed was that I, I found something to do outside of just being a guard, right? Like you had other jobs outside of just, but I, I like the fire training. I loved it. Other than the fact that like, it was like, it's canceled. Uh, remember, it would get canceled, like, because yeah. we didn't have enough staff. It, you're going to do it with one person. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it with one person. I'm not teaching an eight-hour training to one person. That's a waste of time. Yes. So other than it getting canceled all the time, like, the training was so fun. Um, I got to go to Winnipeg a few times and do that. And then, so I think that kept me there longer because it was, like, a little bit of a break. Like, I had to check the equipment every month. I had to, so like, it was like, Hey, you got time to go do this. So it, it gave me a little bit of something else other than, you know, just the everyday job stuff. The everyday, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's so good. I, I know like now when I um, have clients over the last, I, I, I'm pretty close. Like when I they'd say, how long have you been doing this? I would just give, you know, the five, however long it had been. 
but like as of the last two years when they'd say what what did you do before so before i might have said oh i worked for the government now i'm like because sometimes they get embarrassed right so they'll say oh this is so embarrassing to take my clothes off and and i'm like okay listen i'll <laughs> tell you right now <laughs> i've seen way worse i worked at a women's prison and, and they love it they're like what yeah so yeah during the treatment they ask like all kinds of questions and they 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 like to know a little bit about you and what drew you to this work after and it's like I wasn't really drawn to that work after but like my mom was doing it and you know we're in partnership so that's kind of it's it's more about that relationship like with my mom and we're doing it together and right. it's our our baby and our dream and our our stuff so that it's that part that I'm that I that I like about it and it's mm -hmm. it's funny because when people from the jail like ask me now they laugh and laugh and laugh and can't believe like I'm doing that <laughs> kind of work now right like I'm a in customer service I guess because I <laughs> I can be hard <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah it's so interesting right that we both laughed and did like our own business things and I I did you take business in school? You did. Yeah, right? that yeah, yeah, that's my degree. Yeah. No, I didn't take so, anything. I just was like, hmm, how hard can it be? I know, but and I took it to be a cop and to move up through the ranks that way. I never took it to actually, you know, own my own business. <laughs> I have never though. even I know. <laughs> and I've never even thought of that before either. Like it just was like more thrown into things like I want to be a cop. It didn't work out. I'm this now. And then it's like, yeah, I'm a correctional officer now, but, and what's next? And it was more of that stuff, right? That was. Mm -hmm. And I think I that's know. like you said at the beginning, it's very generational too. Like my parents are always like, Oh God, what are you doing now? Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, if you ask my kids how many jobs I have, they're like, we don't know. <laughs> because she counts being a mama job. She counts, like I have so many jobs. It's not even funny. Um, but I, I do, I, I like to dabble in different things because yeah. the skill set that I got from the jail is just so significant, right? Like mm -hmm. the thing, the things you have no idea you're going to get, um, you get, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'm able to street fight, but I'm also able to connect really good to some really yeah. Like exactly. build relationships I really can talk fast. My way out of it. <laughs> yes. I can come up with anything out of my mouth, like super, super quick. And I mean, and it, it not be a lie. It can, it is truthful. It, mm -hmm. it's just so interesting that, you know, this isn't the person who I was or who, the, who I thought I would be, but I love that all of the things that I've brought from there, I've been able to carry into like retail business it like so you know selling products i'm also able to like have a service business now i run a non-profit for first yeah. responders and their spouses like and all of these things are scary they're they're but none of them will be as scary as sitting in that room finding out i'm going to be a corrections officer at the age of 22 like i mean <laughs> i've had that moment right like even uh -huh. like was like okay here we go i and i mean like I lived through that. I'm pretty sure I can live through anything at this point. So it's like, Total. you know, that's, yeah. you know, starting your own nonprofit, that's scary. I'm like, mm, oh, it's a little scary. But I mean, if that falls apart, oh, whatever. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at the bigger picture. It's like, if I don't know how to be a corrections officer, the result is death 
or you know <laughs> someone else getting hurt. Serious right? like injury, the, yeah. There's some serious consequences to your actions and your ability to uphold that position, right? So I mean, when I think about things, people are like, how come you're not scared to do that? How come you're not scared to do a live video on Facebook? How come you're not, you know, those things freak me out. And I'm just like, I, uh, I was a prison guard. I see the timer. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) She literally held it up for like a minute and then put it down and then like showed it to me again. Like, did you see it or did you just keep talking? Did you just keep talking? You're not even looking at me anymore. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So I think, um, I think it's cool that the things we've got from um, correctional officer training has, you know, taken us into business ownership. Am I freezing? Sorry, Sharon says I'm freezing. Am I freezing? A little bit, but we'll just keep going. Okay, good. We'll just ask our sound person to fix that. To fix it, yeah. So. (laughs) Oh, geez. And now we're podcasters, right? Like, I mean, this isn't a career. But at this point, it's not a career. It's not a career yet. Yet. It could be. (laughs) Who knows, right? Yeah. Somebody sponsors us or something. I don't know. But it's. Uh, like it's it's good like you said like we've got uh freedom to do whatever chase whatever kind of goal uh we've we've set out for either ourselves or our family whatever it might be right we've got more and people always say like oh how did you start start a podcast I'm like I have no idea I don't remember we just I know I'm like I remember you'd asked me to write something uh, about Kara, a friend of ours who passed away, and I wrote this thing for you, and right. I think somebody used it in their podcast. I can't even yeah, remember. it's on Sean's. It's on Sean's. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I, uh, I just Sean had asked us to dedicate a podcast to someone. Oh, who that's right. Had lost their lives. Um, yeah. So you wrote the thing. Yeah, and he, I think he said it out. Which, and and then I started listening to his, and then. I've had like some ideas always floating around and I, I kind of always, you, you came always to my head. So I'm like, what do you want to do? Like a book, like, like we'd said before, a blog. Mm-hmm. And then we both sat on it. We actually met, met up in, in uh, Airdrie at a coffee shop. And we're just like, what do you think about this? And we both sort of said it and it was so good. Like it mm-hmm. just felt, it felt right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, uh, even after like, after the jail, I felt like very compelled to like take action in my life, right? Like stop talking about doing shit and just do it. Just if do it doesn't it. work out, it's okay. It doesn't yeah. matter. Not everything's going to work out. It's not a failure. You've learned something along the way. Like same with the jail. I'm not a failure. I'm not weak. I'm not, not able to do this job. It just doesn't serve me well as a human being. It doesn't serve my family. It doesn't serve my mental health. So that is okay. If it serves you, oh gosh, thank you for doing this job because it is very, very tough. And mm-hmm. I like commend the people that are able to do it and do it well and stay healthy. So I just look at it like it, it wasn't meant for me. That's okay, right? Like, yeah. so now, now what? So when you, you and I talk about like, when people ask about like, oh, how did you guys start a podcast? I'm like, I don't know. And yeah. they're like, oh, and 
it wasn't like we talked about it for months on end. It was like, let's start a podcast. You want to talk next Friday? Like, yeah. And that's how (laughs) we did it. And I like, I personally need that because if I don't have that little push, then I will just, uh, I don't know, like let it fester and bug me and bug me and bug me. And then just get so anxious. Whereas yeah, Lauren was just like, just start talking. And so it's been really fine. Like I feel no anxiety, no nervousness. It's just, it's all about fun, right? We're just laughing all the time. And, and making it, it, and I think the cool thing with us is like, there's zero expectation. You don't have an expectation. I don't have an expectation. It's just like, let's just get on and talk like we're on the phone because like our phone conversations are hilarious. And I mean, (laughs) if they played like even our text message back and forth, I'm like, it should just scroll at my funeral because everybody will just laugh. Like just scroll the text messages because no one will be able to cry at my funeral if they read through those text messages. So I'm, I'm like, I think about those things and I'm like, you know, it'd be cool if other people could hear this because the conversation is always so good and so fun. And it's so, yeah. It's like, really how did funny. we, like, we're always like, how did we get here? How did this happen? I don't I know any of this. So when we get to do it on a podcast and share with other people, it's like, it's okay if you don't have a memory, you likely have a child, you likely <laughs> went through some drama, you, you know, whatever. Like we don't, we don't have memories. We, you know, we, we hash those things out on the phone with each other. And then like, yeah, was we I, do. Was I at that one? I don't know. <laughs> I, I might have met you for a drink after. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, just just talking these through, and so many people that I've watched um, get up and tell their stories, or you know, talk about their life, whether it's in corrections or first responders or stuff like that. They always walk away going, "Oh, well, I wish I would have done this, but or I wish I would have done that, or I wish I would have said this." But gosh, that felt good. Like it felt good to say it. It felt good to mm-hmm. even people listening to. Um, so I got up and spoke at a suicide awareness convention um, last September. So September 2019. And there were officers in the room from Edmonton Institution for Women. And I have never been so scared to speak in my life. Like, yeah. Just like tough. when your peers are there. Yeah. Tough crowd. Right? Yeah. Right? And it's nerve wracking. And it was all first responders. Um, it was tough. I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is going to be super, super hard. But so many people came to me after that or messaged me or said something like, just you talking about it made me realize like I got to get out or made me realize I'm not sleeping or brought something to the forefront that I hadn't thought about in a long time. So, I mean, as therapeutic as it is for me to talk about it, it's also therapeutic for people to hear about it and start investigating if they're having those feelings, right? Like you and I know, like when you, when you talked about Kara, um, our friend who had passed away, um, we, we all were at that funeral. And I remember at that funeral, a few of us saying like, how are you doing? What's going on? And us talking about some of the experiences that we had at the prison that we had never spoken to each other about before, or some of the yes. things that we went through after um, to try and get ourselves back to normal. And the crazy part about this, and I learned this through the journey after corrections and through cancer, is that if we force ourselves to be back to normal, and this is a huge thing for COVID too, 
what is our normal, first of all. So I remember thinking like, how do I get back to the way I used to be? And after you've gone through something traumatic or something significant or a cancer diagnosis or COVID or anything like that, the process is always like finding a new normal, right? Not trying to get back to who you were because that's, Mm -hmm. that's very unlikely. Something has happened, right? And Mm -hmm. you've been affected by it. So, um, when I talk about like business, I'm like, oh, well, this was good for me at the time, but now my new normal is different. What, to- what I yeah. do and what I say and how I experience life is different. So, um, and it's, so- it's all, it's all growth, right? So you hope, you hope to just grow from every experience, whether it's good, bad, traumatic, ugly, just mm-hmm. growth. And it's, you're right. Like so many people say, I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal. And I don't really like COVID has given us more time. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, what, what, what do you do with the time? It's all what that's, do you do with the time. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I'm always just grateful for more time, more time, more time. Right. Mm-hmm. I've got like a kid on the brink of teenagerhood. So I'm, I'm just grateful for more time. If she wants to spend it with me. Great. Right. Yeah. So. I actually posted a thing today on, on Instagram about, how gratitude really got me through um, my cancer diagnosis. Cause yesterday was three years that oh, I wow. was diagnosed. Yeah. So I, I, yesterday I, I do gratitude every single day and yesterday I was doing it and going, this is probably the thing that got me through the most mm-hmm. as I, um, I right away went, I'm grateful this isn't happening to my kids. I'm grateful that this mm-hmm. is just a surgery and possibly radiation. I'm grateful. I don't have to do this. I'm great. Like, it was so crazy how my mind yeah. went to just gratitude, right? So, and it's um, it's so good, right? Because it's the power of the, of your mind, and you're changing your thought patterns, and yeah, it's it's all good stuff, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, well, uh, that went out of business, but I mean, you can all relate it to business, right? <laughs> like you and I have new normals and new things and constant things happening podcasts and businesses and all that sort of thing but um yeah thanks that's us thanks have a good day and follow us and we'll talk soon yeah yeah okay Okay. awesome Bye. bye hey that's all for today thanks so much for listening make sure that you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released And if you have a second, we would love a review. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns. And if you happen to know anyone else that would be interested in tuning in, please share this podcast with them. We greatly appreciate it. Love, Lauren and Sharon.